Folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to Ike Live. Thanks for hanging in there with us during a short break. Man, dude, I am stoked out of my mind. What a show we have here. Dave, dude, in a million years, if you look back, think back 5, 10, 15 years ago, would you ever imagine you'd be in a room sitting here talking to these kind of guys, Rick Klun, the classic champ. Is, is this mind-blowing? Yeah, especially Rick. I mean, uh, you know, he, he was the first one to be articulate in terms of, of, of explaining fishing to yeah. the layman. Yeah. You know? No, I, I never would have envisioned this. So it's amazing. Know? It's amazing. Uh, let me make a couple quick announcements. Uh, and by the way, let me remind you, in a couple minutes... We've got 2016 Bassmaster Classic champion Edwin Evers joining us live via Skype. Can't wait to talk to him about that amazing win. Uh, but let me remind you that if you miss this show, Pete, if you if they miss it, they've got a buddy or they want to review it or whatever, well, you can, can get it a lot of ways. Where can they get it? You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Stitcher, YouTube. Uh, you can get it on Periscope. And, of course, if you go to IkeLive.com... Every show we've ever done is archived there, and you can get it. And speaking of live shows, let me throw it to you and let everybody know what's happening next week. Next week is our our kickoff, our true kickoff to Bash University Live, which uh, is uh, our instructional show. It's all fishing all the time. It's X's and O's. All Bash University TV subscribers uh, have access to it. It's going to be Thursday. Uh, March 31st, it's going to be at 7 p.m., and uh, we're going to kick off. We're going to be talking about some really great stuff. We're going to be reviewing Randall Tharp, close quarters fishing. He's a master flipper and pitcher. We're going to be talking about his stuff, the lures and techniques that he uses, and we're also going to be diving into Todd Faircloth's grass strategies, two amazing seminars that we're given uh, at the Bash University this year. We're going to be breaking those down. Dude, two of the best shallow water anglers out there. And we get to I was like holding this thing. I just seen you. Yeah, I like holding this thing. I mean, fuck. It's really, I like it. I'm getting you. I'm going to start carrying this around everywhere I go. You know, but normal dude's got beer koozies. Dude, I got a Stein. That's I'm carrying this everywhere I go. It's a special prop. It's a special prop. Uh, let me also um, let everybody know, and I, I've been talking about this informally. Over the last couple months. Uh, but let me remind everybody, mark your calendar. August 6th is the first annual Ike Foundation charity event on the Delaware River. And it's going to be held on the Camden waterfront. Uh, and uh, it's going to be amazing. So uh, mark your mark your calendars down. August 6th, it's a Saturday uh, the Ike Foundation charity event on the Delaware River. And we're going to be posting a lot more information about that event coming up. Rebecca, do you want to say anything about the uh, the event? I know you've been working hard to get everything set with that tournament. Can't hear you. <laughs> Hi there. Um, no, super excited. We have a ton of people working on this event. It is going to be absolutely huge. Not only will it be a tournament for... Um, anybody to come out and fish, pros, we've got some celebrities we're getting lined up. 
It's going to be an awesome day on the water for fishing, but we're also going to have a family fun day. So definitely come to the Camden Waterfront on August 6th with your family from 11 to 2. Enjoy some fun um, fishing, carnival games, food, drinks, all sorts of fun stuff. Watch the weigh-in, get to meet some of the pros. It's, it's going to be absolutely huge. I'm a bit overwhelmed, but it's going to be awesome. That's awesome. That sounds great. Uh, let's keep it going. I, I'm excited. Um, before we before we get this guy on, I I, I, I want to just preface it by just talking in the room about this. You know, to win the classic is something that we all that that's the goal. Something that we all shoot for. Um, but to win it the way that Edwin won, dude. It, you know, I got to tell you. That was one of the most dramatic wins I've ever seen in my life since I've been watching them. I think a Cluns come from behind victory on the James River would be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hank, one of Hank Parker's win I on the James would yours, be there. Yours, dude. Mine, mine would be on that list. But dude, <laughs> dude, but but that kind of bag yeah. on the last day is that not a dude? That's got to that that's like a wet dream come true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Think about that. Dude, he, almost 30 pounds. He crushed the field. Crushed him. He won by 10 pounds. That's amazing. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's it, it, it was a massive stringer. It was another anomaly. Two tournaments in a row where these massive stringers of fish are yeah. coming. It's it's like a men amongst boys. In, 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 at the top of the field, it, it's it's impossible. Imagine the bliss on the boat ride back, knowing what you have behind you. Oh, yeah. You know... I'd be sweating all the rocks. Oh, dude, yeah. it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. to, it's crazy to think about it. I'd, 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 I was thinking about that the opposite side, like being in the boat, knowing that he smashed himself up. I think going in or the day before. Yeah, try, up, trying yeah. to get there. Yeah, and I'm like, oh man, is is that lower unit gonna hold? Yeah. Am I gonna hit something else? Yeah, I got the classic one. Yeah. all I gotta do is get get back. in. That's all I gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I never thought of it yeah. that way. I'd be dying. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> though, I mean, that's that's why we do it. Like that moment to where you know you potentially have the wind and fish. That ride back, that that intensity, yep. dude. That's the that's why you do it. Like you're the most alive when that's happening. You know what I mean? Uh, How about yeah. all right? So in MMA, there's what's called a walk off knockout. Yep. You nailed a guy, he drops. You don't even get on him before the ref stops. So you walk away. How about Horton and Champlain stopping like hours before the tournament ended? Yeah. Oh yeah. How about that ride back when you know you have it won? Oh You're yeah. Just cruising yeah. at 30 miles an yeah. hour. Yeah. The slow cruise. How about how, how about that that one up on the Hudson River where Pete Gluzik didn't have to fish the last day? Oh yeah. You remember, <laughs> remember that one? Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. That was wasn't that back before the original Woodstock concert? <laughs> Woodstock's not too far from the Hudson That's River. That's when they used rows. That's right. You were rowing in that tournament. But that doesn't count. All right, uh, let's get to it, man. I think we've got him here live. I think he's at home. We're going to ask him here in a second. Uh, joining us on Ike Live, the 2016 Bassmaster Classic champion, Edwin Evers. Edwin Evers, everybody. Yeah, the champ. Hi, Edwin. Hi, how are you doing? How you doing tonight? Now, where are you? Are you at home or are you somewhere on the road? Sitting at the house. Sitting here in the living room. At the house, in the living room. Uh, now, i got to ask you this. It's been how many weeks? Three, three, four weeks since the Classic. Are you still high from it? you got to be. Come on. Yes. It's been oblivious, all the stuff that's happened. 
been crazy. That's nuts. Now it's it's funny because I want to tell a little story real quick. Um, I think it was the second day at the St. John's we launched in the morning, and there's docking space there available, and but but it's limited. You know, they got some front row seating, and I saw an open spot, and I'm idling over there. And about about the same time, I caught out of Carmine Edwin's to my left, and he sees the same spot. And dude, we're like nose and nose <laughs> go over that spot. And I I was just gonna let you have it because you're the classic champion. But what did you say to me? You wouldn't you wouldn't let that happen. What did you say? Classic champion, just just as much as I am. So uh, you know, I was like, let's just paper scissors rock it. <laughs> All right, you did say that. And who won? Uh, I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You're the classic champ. You should have won. Uh, man, that was funny. Uh, I I, I want to get right into it, man. We were talking off camera uh, right before you came on. We were talking the feeling of uh, that bag on the last day. I, I want to jump in your head a little bit because, you know, we were talking here like that is the dream scenario. A massive day, the right decision, everything goes right. A 30-pound bag, which is tough to catch anywhere, let alone in, at Grand Lake, Oklahoma. T- walk us through that a little bit. I, I, I don't want to hear about the baits and the patterns. I want to hear about through what's going through your head, Edwin, as this is unfolding during the course of the day. What, what's going through your mind? That day that it all happened, it was just, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things that, you know, elk was really one of those things in the back of my mind where I ended up catching those fish. And, and it sounds silly because I had some really big bites in there. And, and me and you, Ike, we've been doing this a long time. And we get really pretty, um, I don't know, I get really hard-headed. And I put stuff out of my head. I put stuff in my head. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was talking with Jason before the tournament, you know, and we both said, yeah, I'd probably be one out of the elk, you know, neither one of us will ever even fish in there. And uh, it's just, you know, I just really thought too much pressure, too much this and that. But when I went in there and practiced, I literally didn't spend maybe an hour, two hours total from the mouth of the elk to the back of the elk in there. And of the four or five bites I had, two of them were seven-pounders, and I shook a couple off that I saw on those logs, and they were big, but it just went back here. It went way right. back in my brain. And, and uh, man, I just... That last day, you know, I knew the conditions were right, and I had something telling me, "Hey, you need to go to the elk. You need to go to the elk." And and uh, it was magic. It was uh, unbelievable. I just I can't. You know, it's hard to really wrap my head around yeah. because I, I I don't know how to describe. It. it just who would have thought twenty nine pounds out of there? It was just it was crazy. It was you know I, I went in there hoping to catch one or two big ones, and then I caught a whole stringer full of them. That's, that's that's crazy. It's a it's amazing because I know as a competitor in that event how much pressure the elk got, and and even in that area you fished, how much pressure it got not only in practice but during the event from locals. Uh, it, it, it's amazing how much pressure it got, and then to catch that kind of bag. And, and Pete, I know you got a question, but hold on because I want to get this off my mind real quick. Is I've been wrestling with this, and we've had comments on our IM gone both ways. And I just want to ask you, was this a strategic plan? Because we have half our viewers are saying, oh, dude, Edwin's so dialed. He knew. He saved those fish, and he he had this in his template. And the other half of our fans are saying, 
Nah, dude. It just happened. He was just fishing the moment. He made a spur of the decision uh, to go to go right, and you were just fishing the moment. Which, which one of those, or was it a combination of both? Oh, yeah, I had that scripted, had it planned. <laughs> uh, dang, it, you know, it was. I was fishing the moment. You know, that third day I started mid-lake again. Uh, no, I didn't. The second day I started mid-lake and went up the river. That third day I went straight up the elk. And, uh, you know, my plan that day was to hopefully get a couple big bites up there and then go all the way down towards the dam and fish my way back and get three more big bites. You know, that's kind of in my brain what I thought I could do that day. And, uh, no, I was. I was fishing by seeing my pants by the moment, kind of like we all do, the, the, the top guys. And I think that's the biggest difference. You know, a lot of people, they don't realize, you know, when you start fishing three- and four-day events, how much you have to fish by the, by the moment, by yeah. the seat of your and make those decisions. Because, you know, when you just fish a one-day event, it's a lot different than a three and four event yeah you've got to have a lot yeah pete i know you had something yeah congrats edwin that was amazing i know i congratulated you at the champions toast but you said about that like we watched it on tv we watched randy howe in that same area and uh the day before or the day before that and he was looking at those fish he was like oh there's a four that's a good one you know and he didn't catch them like in your what happened? What what changed that allowed you to catch the fish? You're just so much better than Randy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you have better hair than Randy. So up there on the top, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, we, it was dead calm and sunny. You know, yeah. I, you know, and uh, you know, we had wind and clouds. Completely different day that final day, and. That's what I knew I needed. I mean, I, I I did know enough about the area, about the kind of water that you're wasting your time up there if you don't have the perfect day. Well, you uh, you use the bait that uh, we have a friend in common. Andy makes those amazing jigs, and uh, that that's a custom uh, that's a custom jig that you put together there. Is that, that can you talk about the bait a little bit? Uh, you know, Andy, uh, it's really a funny story. Um, you know, I guess like he knows a lot of us. I met him at a at a at a sports show up in Connecticut. You guys will probably know the name of it. Um, Ten years ago, literally before I was married, and the guy hands me a, a handful of hair jigs. I'd never seen them before. Heck, I'm from Oklahoma, and I've got one of them tackle rooms that just it grows and grows and grows, and it's just a mess. And I've got these hair jigs and when i head to the st lawrence river they always kind of travel with me i just i keep a lot of stuff and i throw them in the boat and i run into a good buddy of mine hot defoe out there in practice and he's throwing that hair jig i was like man you catching anything on that he's like yeah i am and you know i kind of threw it the last day in practice a little bit and thought i don't know what these fish were they're about that long and nothing that resembles a bass but uh Fast forward to the, the fourth day of that tournament, and, and I roll in underneath that bridge, and I see all these fish, and I can't catch any of them. And I remember what Ott said. He was catching some fish on it, and I tie that thing on, and I throw it out there, and I catch, like, three really big ones that helped me win that tournament. Well, after that event, I call him. You know, I still had the package and everything from 10 years prior. And, uh, man, I ordered, like, $200 worth of hair jigs. <laughs> It, uh, you know, from there we kind of worked out. He said he had some of that old brown living rubber. He said he actually had a whole bunch of it. 
and I was like, oh, you know, you and I know, both know what that stuff means when you're in those certain situations, and yeah. worked out a deal, and I said, man, I need these jigs right here for the classic, and man, he made me the perfect jig, hand-tied with that old brown living rubber, and and uh, it was just pretty awesome. It was a, a deal that started 10 years ago, a little guy gives me some baits at a, at a boat show, and here we are, 10 years later, I win the classic, and you know, blows up into something pretty big. That's awesome. Are you, is, uh, is he going to market and sell those with you, or what are you, what are you doing with those jigs? The Andy's E-Series finesse jigs, there's been tons of, you know, Bass Pro's going to have them, Dix is going to have them, um, all of them. You know, all the big guys are going to have them. So it's going to be really, really, really interesting. You know, he's got 30 or 40 people making them, and they're making thousands a day. So the demand. <laughs> wow. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. I want to change gears. We went from a jig with brown living rubber, as old school as you can get, but but key in those conditions, to the opposite, which is high tech. And uh, Edwin, I want you to talk a little bit about um, Lawrence, the Lawrence units. And I don't know, a lot of our viewers might not know this, but all the Lawrence pro staff at the Bassmaster Classic this year had the new... 3D technology, and and it's funny, and I I want to I, I want to tell a real quick real life story, which is we had a phone call between the pro staff, uh, days leading up to the official practice at the classic, and you know one of the big concerns I had, and, and you know we're on this conference call, and I'm like, man, I love this 3D technology, but I'm scared. I haven't I haven't used it yet. I've played with it in an office. I haven't really used it, and my, you know I don't know, and my, you know what's going on. And then I remember Edwin, you came on the phone and said, "Well, hey, ma- hey guys, if you don't want it, I- I'd love to have it because it'll give me a huge advantage." And after I used it, it does give you a huge advantage. It's it's really game changing. Talk a little bit about the the Lawrence 3D technology and how you used it at the Classic and how it's going to help you this year. Hey, to back conversation, like I'm I'm identical to you. I hate when people try to change stuff one week right before you go fish. <laughs> But that's why I spoke up and I said that. It's really not that big a deal. It's a lot easier than some of that stuff we've had in the past. And, you know, this new Structure 3D, it's amazing how clear it is. I, I'm amazed. I can count the fish out to the side and, you know, four, five, six foot of water. I can see three, four, five hundred feet to my left and to my right and three, four, five, six feet of water. We've, you know, we've never been able to do that, Mike. Yeah. And, final day at the classic you know that wind really got blowing and i started expanding on my area and i could see those logs from a long distance on that structure scan and yeah. really really water uh just a huge huge advantage you know for us when you take you know our, our stuff's always been great in deep water you know 12 15 18 20 foot of water that, that great cranking summertime stuff but man now that we can see so far in shallow water it's amazing. It's uh, it's going to be a huge advantage in these shallow events, just being able to see something out there on a big flat a lot further than we've ever been able to look before. Yeah, I, I'm stoked. I think it's one of those technologies that's going to be game-changing. It really is. Uh, let me remind everybody, uh, we are talking with 2016 Bassmaster Classic champion Edwin Evers. If you've got a question for Edwin, please hit us up on our IM or also hit us up on our social media sites at Ike Live Show. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Becky, do you have some INs, IMs coming in for Edwin? What do you got for us? Um, am I on? You're on. All right. JB says, 
Edwin painted his crankbait bottom and his jig crawl orange. Does he think it made a big difference? Oh, good question. I got that bait right here. I got that uh, mega bass bait right here, and I did. I, I painted it orange. My wife actually was going to put this stuff in like a shadow box for me, and um, you know, it's one of those things. It's a confidence deal. You know, I, I think it's a, a, a that water was so clear that it was just like a trigger. I you, they probably would have still bit it anyway, but man, for me, it's it's a confidence deal that that I do. You know, I, I like that orange. You know, when I go to pause that bait, that bait. Turns over and flashes a little orange. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it is important. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the orange. I'm a big fan of the orange too. We the we've dollar. always been in South Jersey. That's always been a big trigger color for yeah, us well, per, or, forever. Per, Beck, what else you got? Um, Frankie from Jersey, now in Myrtle Beach. Thanks for the long name, Frankie. <laughs> says I just finally watched the ESPN of the classic. Has Randy Hal said anything to you? He seemed upset you got to his spot first on last day. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a pretty good conversation. You know, when we got to the boatyard that final day, actually by the uh, porta potty there, the uh, I, I was waiting in line. He walks up behind me, man. The dude's in tears, um, big tears. He 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 firmly believed God had led him to that spot all morning long. And when he finally, he was fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. When he finally went, I was already there and had that, you know, that giant bag, you know. And he came in there and, and I mean, we literally were both in tears standing by the, the porter potty there in, in the deal. And he wasn't upset at me. He was just, like, upset that he didn't follow where he was supposed to go. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a, a neat moment. You know, Randy is a great competitor and, and uh you know, he he obviously I had no idea he knew about those fish till till I actually talked to him. Then you watch the television show. You know, he was up there the day before when it was really really calm, and uh, kind of interesting. You know, he just didn't catch any of them, and it, it just it, I'm glad he didn't because you know <laughs> I hear that yeah well it, yeah I mean I you know we're we talk about it like we've had a bazillion Ike live shows and it comes up every show. You know, we're all big believers that when it's meant to be, you know, whether you're religious or what, what doesn't matter. When it's meant to be, you're going to win, right? It happens when it's supposed to happen. So, what, um, Edwin, why did why didn't those fish bite on day two? It's dead slick. When you watch that TV show, I just watched it last night for the first time. You know, when he was in there, it was dead slick. So where do they go? They're sitting there. He saw them. They're all still sitting next uh, to those logs, but you cannot trick those fish into biting when you can see them as good as you can see them. They can see you, your line, your bait. Hey, that's a Andy's E-Series finesse jig right there. Why are you doing <laughs> The light penetration coming down into the water, everything's a little more distorted. You know, it's just they don't have that... That extra sense when that that really calm water. It's not like they're not eating those days. It's just a lot harder to, to trick them. I mean, they can see you so much easier, you know. And you, you could, you know, you just have to literally stay hundreds of yards away from them in order to trick them on those calm days. So you had to have that wind and that ripple to make all that happen. And when I was up there that morning, 
got there too soon you know i, I fished up i was fishing you know what i thought was some really really good looking logs and man it was dead calm i hadn't had a bite yet and i was getting really nervous that you know man the wind's not gonna blow it's not gonna happen the ripple started i immediately went to the first log i could fish off from and i caught that first five pounder and, and it really calmed me down and got me going wow sweet awesome Beck, you got another one i see uh looking back there what do you got yes people would like to know what the first thing is that you officially bought once you had that check in your hand? I don't think I spent any of it. That might be a question for your wife. <laughs> Tuesday, what'd you buy? Tuesday, come on, come on camera real quick. In here. <laughs> but uh, she never did tell me what she bought or didn't buy. I, I was actually at a birthday party for my son at Incredible Pizza. And uh, she dropped us off and went shopping, but uh, there's no telling. No telling <laughs> at all. that check, and I guess when she went in there to the bank, everybody stood up and started applauding for her. So that's really, really cool. Wow. That is cool. That's Very awesome. cool. That's awesome. Well, along those lines, I was with Mike when he won the Classic. And after a long night in New Orleans and collecting a lot of beads... I kind of, I kind of feel like you might have celebrated a little bit differently. <laughs> Tale of two wins. <laughs> I was single back then, so did you, did you go to Disney World? What, what, what'd you do after you won the classic? You know, my wife and kids went to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole week I'm at St. John's, they're at Disney World. You know, sending all these great pictures. You know, the sad thing about it is, I had like 75 people show up at Hideaway Pizza, a really good pizza place. For a big party the night of the classic win, I said, man, I'll buy everybody's dinner. I had no idea. I wish you could have told me, Ike, about that Champions Toast deal. That thing lasted till like 11.30 at oh, night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's nobody there. We all left. You guys, you know, basically all, I stiffed them all. You know, I feel like. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Uh, I want to I change gears here real quick. And this, this is uh, this is a little, little interesting, but I want to talk about it. Um, I, I want to talk about your work ethic on the water, uh, be, because that's something I pride myself on. And I got to tell you, Edwin, you're you're one of the hardest workers out there. You're in my top five list of guys that work hard. I want to tell a quick story, and I always you, knew you worked hard because you're you're one of the last guys at the ramp. You're one of the first guys in the morning. I knew that for years, but I want to tell a quick story, and you don't even know this story. And I want to tell it live here on Ike Live. It was at a TTBC. This is a Texas Toyota Bass Classic. And it happened to be one of the TTBCs where I was. we rented a house with John Cruz and Ish Monroe. And we rented a house on the lake. Right on the waterfront, just this real nice house. We split the cost. It was cheap. And, dude, me, I worked my ass off for like 12 straight hours, you know, sun up to sundown. Fishing brush, trying to find those fish in that damn Conroe, Lake Conroe in Texas. And I got back, and Ish cooked, and I ate dinner, and we're drinking a couple beers. And we're sitting at this house that we rented, and these open windows, these big windows. And all of a sudden, I look out there, and I see this boat idling out front, like zigzagging, idling back and forth. And I see the Lowrance screen all lit up. You know, it's big HDS 10 or 12 or whatever it was back then. And I look... And dude, look at my watch. It's like it's like ten, ten thirty at night. I'm like, what the fuck? That's Edwin. He's still out there idling brush piles. <laughs> dude, it's like ten thirty. 
party at night. Do you remember that story? Because I saw you out there idling. Oh, you saw me. I, I remember exactly. <laughs> you know, Mike, you're the same way. There's so much more you can get done out there at night. When yeah. nobody And you can idle over all that stuff and find the exact juice that you can't find when there's people out there fishing. You don't want to idle around and... Man, what else I got to do? I got there, you know, to sit in the house. <laughs> my thumbs, you know, I might as well make the most of it. Um, I, I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> that that was awesome. I mean, that that honestly for me was very impressive. Uh, you, you took the work ethic to a whole different level. But along those lines, this is going to be an interesting question, and I want you to answer it from the heart. We already touched on a little bit, but I want you to answer it with your first response, which is. And, and and this is a serious question for me. Why the hell did it take you so long to win a classic? Seriously, because because you're that good. Why did it take you so long to win a classic? I don't I I don't think that I'm that good. I, man, it just wasn't meant to be. I don't know. You know, it's uh, that's a hard turn to to win, Mike. It's that's one of those that uh, you're you're pulled a million different directions. You got thousands of distractions and. I don't know. I'm just glad I won one. That's all I got to say. <laughs> now, now I, I know that's you know every every aspiring young person that wants to do this for a living um, has those two check marks, and you know one is classic and one is AOI, and you've been so close with AOI so many times. Is that something now that takes more? Uh, is it more important now that you won a classic, or is it is it the same? To, to win an AOI title? Oh, it's a little bit of both. You know, it's something that uh, I'm thinking about hard. You know, I'd love to have it. It's It may never happen, but I can promise you I'm going to do all I can and work as hard as I can to make it happen. I mean, it's just, that's what we all are out there every day, rain, snow, sun, shine, whatever it is. You know, that's what we're out there for. You know, you're out there to compete and, and uh to win that thing there's just you only get so many opportunities in your lifetime and and i sure like to make the most of it gotcha uh dave you've got a question yeah edwin this is dave how you doing congratulations by the way hey, hey we, we need you to either confirm or uh dismiss a rumor we heard back here we heard a few days after the classic randy howe took his four by four and ran it through your pecan field and killed a bunch of them is that true <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, I was out there all day yesterday on my tractor, and it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. I didn't think he would do that, but we just had to. We had to identify that. Uh, real quick, a bit of trivia, um, and this is for the first person that chimes through on IM. Uh, and this is, I don't know if if uh, if all our viewers know this, but Edwin and I turned pro. Uh, fish the Bassmaster Circuit the same year. The first person that chimes in on what year that was will win a fishity gift pack, a T-shirt, a sticker, a koozie, and a one-year subscription to fishity.com. So first person on IM that gets that. Uh, Pete, you got something I see you jumping yeah, around. Yeah, right. it's, uh, I was just thinking about you mentioned when you guys turned pro the same year, Edwin. You probably remember this that uh, it was a tournament on uh, on Lake Eufaula when uh, you were fishing a spot and Mike pulled in on you. <laughs> and uh, did you play rock paper scissors during that tournament? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm a little bitch and. I <laughs> 
it all ended up working out good. It's, it's just part of fishing and part part of what we go through. Yeah. No, I, I, it's funny you brought that up. Uh, I, the, the one thing i got to tell you, and, you know, we've had, uh, Edwin, we've had Kevin on the show, and we've had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of competitors on this show, and it's always the same story, which is, you know, dude, we're competitors, and what happens on the water, you know, you're in the heat of competition, you're in the heat of the moment, and, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta tell you that I, I, I respect Edwin more than I respect anybody out there. And it's, you know, competition's competition. And we've been through some stuff and we've aged gracefully through it. <laughs> That's the best way I can say that. Uh, I, I've got a question. I want to turn it to this. And this is a neat story, um, with Takahiro Amori when he won. And I just want to pose the same question to you. Uh, in 2004, when Takahiro won, um, you know, I the the next day he, we were at the uh, expo. There was an expo, I think, like the. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was the next weekend at FLW Championship. And I said to Takahiro, I said, Tio, I said, you have this amazing opportunity that lies ahead of you. You're the classic champion. You've got this the, this unbelievable thing happening. What are you going to do with it? And I, I vividly remember, uh, Edwin, he said, Tio said, I just want to fish. I, you know, he, he was adamant that he didn't, he was happy he won the classic, but he didn't want to use it as a platform. I want to pose the question to you. What, you're the classic champ. You, you're in a very unique position. You've got an immense amount of potential in the next year to do great things. What are your plans, Edwin, for, for this for this classic win? As, as classic champion, what are your plans? I'm embracing it. I'm, I welcome it all with open arms. You know, I've done, uh, I, I feel like a bazillion radio interviews. I'm getting to be on Ike Live. Never been on <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> you know, I, it's something I've dreamed of as a kid, and it's all positive. You know, I... I, I know that it's going to be a, a taxing on, on my family time and, and things that I'm accustomed to, but it all goes with it. So it's all positive and it's all great. So I'm going to make the most of it, every moment of it, and uh, cherish every moment of it because this doesn't happen very often. It's something I've wanted, like you said, for a, for a really, really long time. So super excited about it. Well, you're, you're going to be a great champion. I know you are, and uh, you're going to have a million opportunities to help grow the sport, and I know you'll do a great job. Of doing that, uh, yeah, Brian, what do you got back there? I see you. I want to know more about the pecans. <laughs> How did you get started with that, Brian? It's the coolest place on earth. Um, if you ever get close, I'll take you out there and show it to you. It's, um, I, I don't know. I, I grew up, you know, in this region of Oklahoma. There's lots of pecan orchards, and when you drive by one, it's just like the most inviting place because it's just like a, a manicured golf course, only with trees all in a row, and and uh, actually. It's going to sound really funny, but me and my wife went to some college classes on it for a year. We went and visited all these pecan farmers, and we just saw the potential. And, and it's kind of, you know, we all got to have a release from whatever work we do. Yeah. You know, mine and Mike's happens to be bass fishing, and, and when we come home, you know, when I go get on that tractor and go down them rows and, and manage them trees, it's uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's my release. And I think it's going to be something that I can pass on to my kids, and I love every minute of it because it's... It's just really cool out there. That is really cool. I, I have, you know, just a little victory garden in the back backyard, you know, tomatoes and peppers. And it's nice just to go back there after work and uh, pull weeds and whatever and just 
veg out in that, so I understand what you're saying. So if Brian sends you peppers, will you send him pecans? Yes. <laughs> it's a farmer's trade. That's it. Definitely. Yeah, Edward, be careful of Brian's peppers. <laughs> be careful of his peppers. Uh, I, I actually can relate to that because, Beck, tell me, tell me, is that not true? When we come home, just working in the backyard is, is, is a good, great release, right? Obsessed with working in the yeah, backyard. Yeah, you're obsessed. I'm obsessed. I should have been a landscape architect. But my husband has allowed me, with his Delaware River winnings, to build creek beds, patios. (laughs) Dave can probably give you all all of the scientific names of the plants I've planted. I have no idea. I just love to just plant, grow, landscape. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Beck, do we have any uh, mind-blowing IMs coming through. What do you what do you have back? No, here for they us? all bombarded me with dates after your question. Give me a second. I sifted it through, but by the way, Brian is the winner. Brian, the first person to say nineteen ninety eight is the winner. Ninety eight. Um so Brian, send me your information. I will not put it through, but I need your information so we can send you your prize. Wow. Brian is the winner of the fishity gift pack. Uh Edwin, I, w- I want to get into something uh, r- real quick, and, and I want to talk about um, you've had an amazing team of sponsors behind you for a lot of years. We've got a million aspiring young anglers that watch Ike Live, and one of their questions is always, you know, how do you how do you get sponsors? How do you develop relationships? You've done a great job of it. Uh, Nitro, Bass Pro Shops, Lawrence. Do you have a bit of advice for young anglers that are aspiring to follow in your footsteps and are and are trying to figure out the business side of it? Do you have a piece of advice to give to them? That is what I tell you know, I probably remember early in the day it was you're gonna get told no thousands of times. You know, it's it's probably one of the most dejecting things trying to get sponsors. But what you know, what I suggest to young guys coming up, you know, Focus on what you can control. You know, get a college degree, marketing degree, management degree. Uh, you've got to have that degree. Sponsors are going to look at it. Um, spend as much time as you can fishing and, and develop that resume as you go. You know, you're going to have to get those fishing skills in order and get all that stuff in order. But, you know, just be available. It's it's not about how good yeah. you are fishing. It's going to be available how well you can speak. And getting those college degrees, those communication degrees, marketing degree, you know, those kinds of things are really, really going to help them. Uh, it's not easy. It's it's really really hard. It's you know there's only a hundred of us out here on the elite trail, so that stuff really is hard to do. I mean it's hard to get up to that level, and uh, you know it's uh, I don't want to sound a downer or negative about it, but you know just keep your chin up, get yeah. ready to be told no for that one for that one yes. Yep, it's tough. That's great advice, Edwin. And um, amazing win, obviously at the classic. It's it's been a crazy year so far. You blasted them with a 29-pound bag to win the world championship. Immediately following that, we just had them on. Rick Clun blasted a 31-pound stringer. At, at Saint, it's a crazy year so far, but Rick was that was quite an inspirational win. Did you did you watch it? What did you think of his win? Goodness, I'm watching Bass Live. The only regret I have that I wasn't in, there in person. You know, I pulled off the highway, watched the whole thing on on the internet on my iPad and on the side of the road in my truck. You know, Rick was one of the very first anglers I ever looked up to. I just 
there was none better, you know, back when, you know, me and Mike were just looking at getting into this sport and uh, just a huge inspiration to me. And, and uh, I'm just, hard. I'm just, uh, I'm excited about it. You know, it, I was staying at Cliff Prince's house and with his grandparents and watching it all on, on the internet unfold. And, you know, I really want Cliff to do well. But man, you know, Rick's days, whether he likes it or not, he doesn't have a lot of these opportunities left. And, and uh, man, I was a lot of hope for him to win. I really, really, really wanted him to do well. It's just, uh, he's a neat guy and he's taught us a lot. I mean, a ton. I was watching your mass, you know, watching Mike line earlier and some guy over there on the, on the, on the IEM says, you know, he taught, taught him about rod and reel specifically you know, stuff, the techniques, you know, and I was the same guy, you know, so he just, he's really taught us a lot through the years. Yeah. That was, that was amazing. And you mentioned, I mean, you were staying at Cliff's uh, house and I read where he could have won that tournament. I mean, how's he feeling? Did you get to talk to him after that event? Like Mike said earlier, talking about the classic, you know, when you're meant, when it's meant to happen, you can't stop it. And there's a lot of things that happen in that tournament to a lot of guys that, you know, it was it was Rick's turn. It was it was meant for Rick to, to happen, and uh, yeah, you know, Cliff took it well. You know, what what Pete's talking about for everybody that don't know is the first day, he actually his live wheels weren't working. He turned on the wrong live wheel, and all his fish died. He sat there and sight fished for a four pounder, caught a four pounder, went back there to call. And the rules in bass are you cannot call a, a dead bass. So. He had, you know, five little ones and went to went to call and he had to let that four pounder go. And this is like ten o'clock in the morning. And, oh uh, yeah. man! Just you know, it's only ten pounds the first day. I think he was in ninety sixth place. It really took him out of contention to win. It was amazing when he came all the way back and finished the top five like he did. But uh, he's a great guy. He'll rebound from it. Yeah, he's he's a great dude. I saw him on the second day, uh, third day, uh, and I I looked at him. He looked at me, and the the, the only thing I could think to say was. Nice save because it was, yeah. you know what I mean. That right. was a moment where he could have just been crushed and got and spun out. got spun out and lost the whole season was gone. Mm-hmm. And what a tremendous save, wow. you know, to put himself back in contention for AOY and Classic and all that, you that's, know. So you got to focus on the positives. That's true. Uh, Edward, I got a couple more questions, then we're gonna let you run. Um, what event? You know, we've got a dynamic schedule this year on the elites. Is there? Besides the classic, obviously that one's in the books. Is there one event that you're looking forward to here in 2016? Is you know a lot of people have asked me that. You know, I really hadn't focused on anything. You know, this year, you know, with the classic being at Grand, I just you know, normally I would, you know, start studying Google Earth and really start thinking about that. I usually kind of make me a little list, you know, on each tournament, what I think it's going to take to win and the baits and those kinds of things. You know, on a poster board, and I haven't even done that this year. So, but now that now that I've had a little time at home this week, you know, I, I have, and I'm super, super excited about Texoma. And I don't want people telling me, you know, putting me on way high on their fantasy list because I haven't been on Texoma in years, in years yeah. and years. But man, I used to fish that thing every day when I was going to college. I mean, every day for you know, four or five years of my life, that was that was my home. That's really where I learned to bass fish and things have changed tremendously. So I'm telling you guys, don't don't count me way high in that deal because uh, you know, that lake's changed and silted in a bunch from where I used to catch them. But um, you know, I'm really looking forward 
they come up. I've still got lakes down there, so I'm going to be able to stay, you know, relatively close to the water and, uh, you know, be close to my dad and uh, spend a little time with him. So, really looking forward to that event. That'll be good. I, I, I just want everybody to know that I'm picking Edwin for Texas. <laughs> <laughs> You're cheating, Pete. Uh, d- now, anyway, along those lines, d- did you or will you pre-practice for any of the events uh, ahead of us here on the schedule? There was any of them that I would. I'd go down to look at Texoma just because it's so close. I I don't know how I'm going to make it happen. I was trying to look at my calendar today and actually see if I could go down there and look at it. Uh, and I don't know how I'm going to fit it in. It, it'd be like a drive down there all night with my boat get around there for a day and then drive home but uh if i do go anywhere it will be that place there gotcha gotcha that's awesome well edwin hey thank you from all of us uh man you you carving out some time for us on the ike live show uh so great to talk to you before we let you go let everybody know um you you know you've got a million fans and you've got a million new fans after your win how can they follow you how can they keep up to date with what you're doing, uh, can, can they follow you socially or on your website? How can they follow you? Uh, just like you, Ike, I got the, the Facebook stuff and, and the website. You know, it's Edelnevers on Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter and uh, Edelnevers.com. And, uh, you know, my, my pecan website's Edelnevers Pecan. <laughs> that's, right. that's where I'm up. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, this is pretty cool what you guys got going on here. I really like it. I appreciate it. Well, Edwin, thanks for joining us. Edwin Evers, 2016 Classic Champion, everybody. Yeah, the champ. Thanks, job, Edwin. Buddy. Wow. Man. <laughs> Too many good guys in one night. Yep. I'm was, on the edge of my chair over here. That, that was awesome. That's crazy. With, it's the, crazy. With, the, I, with the exception of when you talked, I couldn't hear what Edwin was saying. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. why is that. I don't know. I don't know either. He, he, his reception was not quite as strong, so as long as we weren't talking, you could hear him. But if if we overlapped, it was uh, a little tough. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, I love the uh, I love the uh, the pecan thing. I love the pecan thing, and I'm so surprised. I am shocked. I sit here in shock, and all- Dave, that you let all the w- possible one-liners with Edwin and his nuts, his pecans, slip by. Nah, you you gotta, let them all go. You got to feel guys out. I mean, it didn't <laughs> seem like he'd be willing. Ah, he's a, he would have he played along. <laughs> hey, Rick. Call I mean, me. after what you did to him on your Facebook post. What? With the with the nut face. for the head. It was very phallic. I didn't it even was, know what it was at first. I'm like, what, you, what the hell What, did you think that? it was the elephant man? Well, I didn't know he had a pecan farm. I had to figure oh, it out. I'm oh, looking at it. I'm like, what is that supposed well, to be? Well, you're not a... Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. I just thought there would be more nuts jokes, but that's okay. Uh Listen to me. Thank you for tuning Listen in so you. far. Brian DeCarpenter, here, here's what we're going to do, if you're okay with this. You're uh, not okay. You're shaking your head. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're about to blurt out. I, I think we should... This, dude, this has been... This show is freaking believable. Dude, yeah, let's take a little time out. Let's, let's, let, that, that, that T was for TH. Oh, do you want to do that now? Or do yeah, you let's, let's, let's stretch this out about another 15 minutes. Okay, let's do that. All right, we're, we'll do that, and then we'll take a break, and then, then we're, we're going to come take back to some political stuff. All right, so here's what we're going to do. By the way, thank you for tuning in. Dude, two stellar world-class guys in one show. Absolutely. Can this get any better? No, uh, I don't know. We're going to try. But I, I am so impressed. One thing I didn't mention about Edwin is 
He wins so much. He wins a lot. He's got. He's like, a closer. He's double digit in the wins. Column. Oh yeah, he's a closer. Really? Yeah. 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 He's a closer. He's up there. He's like one of the guys on Ken Duke's poll that has the potential Wait, to pass twenty one wins. Yeah. Ken Duke, the the great Bassmaster writer, the um. You know, for that the potential to um, to pass twenty one, eclipse twenty one wins yeah. because he's so young. Yeah, and he's sitting on that high number. Yes, you're on that list. Yeah, there's a couple guys that are on that list. Well, I'm going to be retired in a couple years, Where's so I'm not going to make. What number you got right now? Where are you at? I don't know. I don't know. I'm. A, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at on those. But 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 I I won't get there. But I think he's got the potential to do it. Yeah, Ed, definitely. Edwin just wins. I noticed that about Ed, him. Edwin, Aaron, those he, guys are closers. Closers. They're very they, good at closing. They get a wins. sniff of that first yeah. place, and they just find a way in yeah. to that to that winner's column. I mean, yeah, it's hard he, to do. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you what. There's something else we got to look at. Randy Howe, right? We're always talking about inside information. And yeah. How about him with his with with his one way uh, one way ticket to God, sending him in directions, right? This guy is around them, dude. Wins yeah. a classic on God's. Yeah. Whim. Yeah. And then it's over top the winning fish. Just couldn't yeah. quite dial in. He forgot in, to man. listen. He's got something dialed in, dude. Yeah. yeah. Something to that. Could well, Rand- well so I'll tell you, Rand- Randy is a different angler, in my opinion, in the last five years than he was in the first 15 years. Oh, yeah. You know, once he once he won that classic. It, it freed him up. It, it freed him. It changed yeah. him. Then he won Oneida. He was he was in a position to take a shot at winning grand by finding the winning fish. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's a he's a he's a different angle. He's he stepped his game up in in a big way. I, I think I can relate to him crying though. It's more crushing to be oh over top gosh. of the winning fish than it is to not be around them at all. Right. It's you know I so uh, you know yeah because he knew but, he was but like, when did when were you ever around uh, that you were around them? I was around winning fish a lot, dude. <laughs> That's Just right, never you knew were. what to do, man. Yeah. <laughs> when were you ever in any situation to ever be around anything winning? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Never. No, Never. I, 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 in fact, I you're around the losing more. Than... <laughs> this is harsh. It's a harsh room, folks. No, no, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot, Dave. I just <laughs> but but you you were around them on the uh, on the Potomac, yes, which we were we were going to get into in the uh, in the last hour here. I got but, to yeah. watch Bobby Lane catch them all day around me. Man. Yeah, uh. we we will get to that. Uh, let's let's break into this and one of our great sponsors of the show. T.H. Marine. See that? I said it right this time. Uh, and I want to talk about a really cool product. And I'm going to actually spin it back to the early days. Dave, I'll spin it to you. Top rod days in the bottom of a Coleman crawl dad. Fiddling around, dude. You got you got two and a half pounders laid out on the bottom of the boat. Yeah, dude, you're eyeballing them. You don't well, know which well, ones. No, the True Mark. Then the, the, the Sports Authority sold the True Mark. Oh, dude, yeah, but that was right? junk. Yeah, you had yeah, that. It was horrible. Yeah, oh, you had terrible. To write it on a notepad. Oh yeah, notepad. Yeah, no. Terrible, terrible yeah. stuff. Digital scales yeah. that didn't read out. You know <laughs> what I mean, you, dude? Nine volt battery and a digital scale. It never read right, <laughs> dude. You'd hang a three pounder. Mm-hmm. You, you know it was a three pounder. You'd hang it at say pound and a half. You're like, what yeah. the hell? You want to throw it in the lake. Uh, really cool, uh, TH. And, Brian, if you can, when you get a chance, give me a give me a tight of that right there. I want everybody to get a real good look at that. Uh, this is their cull bar, and it's real unique. This is the G-Force cull bar. And one of the things, and if you look, uh, Pete, I'm going to go ahead and say about 80% of the pros use this actual bar, and I do too. One of the really cool things about this bar is that it's got these grooves in it. And this lets you hang the fish 
with the call tags. That's really important. It saves time. So you're going through and you you know you you kind of know uh, with, with those uh, th call tags. You know the the next two to go are blue and green. So you just you don't have to remove the call tag. You hang the blue one from the call tag, the green one from the call tag, and gravity never lies, dude, right? Right. The heaviest fish is always going to go down. Right. Dude, I wish I had this in my early club days. I wish I had this back in the day. Uh, phenomenal call system. If you're a tournament guy, if ounces make a difference, and they do in every event, Try this thing, uh, t- the TNH G-Force call system. What's uh, what's what's the G and G-Force? Uh, the G and G-Force is, well, if you're an angler, it's for Gerald Swindle. A Gerard Swindle? Right, Gerald Swindle. Geraldo Ger- Swindle? Yeah. Gravity. Geraldo. <laughs> gravity. It could be gravity. Gravity, gravity Swindle. Or it could be <laughs> yeah. the Graffenberg. Speaking of call tags, <laughs> speaking of call tags, do you remember what I did when I invented call tags before they were invented and I used, like, Clothesline rope, balloons or and something. I, no, I used like the I used like those hooks, and I had I had and I had the and all the ropes would get tangled up and knotted. Yeah, I used them the one time, and that was it. That's like 25 years ago, before they Dave, figured out to put them the on plastic. Dave. I had them on like clothesline rope, and they all got tied up. Look what's happening in the back while you're telling the yeah. story. Yeah. There's shenanigans going <laughs> That's on. Good. Right, Brian's wife's dude. This is I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, this is a great story though. Listen to this. Did you hear that story? You were was, so busy. I was too busy making time with Mel. I know. <laughs> Dude, Dave had one of he had the original he, call system. He did have the original call Dude, system. Dude, Dave, you were on million dollar ideas when you were young. Dude, I was on a lot. Dude, I what more happened? I got more. Well, what have you? Uh, you had dreamers the and there's doers. I'm a dreamer. I'm not a doer. All right, that's the problem. Now, right, let true. me remind everybody watching now. For every good idea you had. You had about three or four really yeah. fucked ideas. But you know what? Dan Marino didn't throw a touchdown every fucking time he threw the ball either. He threw interceptions and he threw incomplete passes. If you're going to make plays and make moves, you're going to make mistakes. Right. Well, let, right? Let, You're going to cut your, your shift. I, <laughs> all right. See, you brought it up. Look, you if that's what you're hit me with, so I might as well what he, what he do? He cut his shift. Yeah. Well, the embarrassing stories are at the end of the show, but since yeah. we're talking about it, uh, one of Dave's amazing ideas... <laughs> When he had this, he had a foot control trolling motor on his Coleman Crawdad, but the shaft was always too long. So he 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 wanted a short shaft trolling motor that could get anywhere on his you know Coleman Crawdad without messing with it, without bringing it yeah, up and down. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So he cut the shaft on the thing. He just he, he you know took he, it to a machine shop took, and had him cut it. He, he took cut it to it, a machine shop. Took it to a machine shop, <laughs> cut the shaft on it, but then figured out when he dropped it in it. Was too <laughs> didn't hit the water. Didn't Dude, hit the water. If there was just, just a, if there was just a slight <laughs> chop, I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> so there goes like five hundred dollars. Yeah, that was before I figured out too. Like we had put, we had put like three horsepower kickers on our back. Yeah, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's before I put the weight of the live well and the weight of the kicker batteries and everything on the back. The boat completely went higher based off my original measurement, dude. It's terrible. It's terrible. Remember? We have the money to go order a, you know, a new shaft, you know what I mean? Yeah. Live with it. Oh my God, <laughs> that's awesome! Unbelievable, uh, great story. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, uh, where, where are you at here? Give it, give us an update on time. I can't hear you either. <laughs> we ought to regroup. Okay, uh, what we're gonna do? Listen to me. Thank you for tuning in tonight. The show gets better and better. Hang in there with us. We're going to take a small break. Listen to me. Rick Klun, check. 
Edwin Evers, check. Next big topic, we're talking controversy. Hang in there with us. When we come back, Maryland DNR, Joe Love on the phone, talking about this weird... What is this thing? A clamp down on tournaments, on limits, on uh, releasing fish. Yeah. Some really, really good stuff. A lot of really controversial questions. And Potomac River. Potomac River. Upper Chesapeake Bay. Anything connected to the Chesapeake. Any Maryland tidal waters we're talking about. Right, right. This affects. That's right. Okay. So hang in there with us. When we come back, uh, Joe Love, Gene Gillan... From Bass, we're going to be talking to both of them. We're going to be talking about this controversy. Hang in there with us. Ike Live returns. <laughs> 